Welcome along. This is UK Motor Talk. Hello, I'm back. I've got a raging cold and I'm stuffy as hell. But uh, this is episode 197, like the Clio. How suitably French. And I will come back to that in a minute. I'm Mike. Hello. Hello, I'm Jim. I'm Graham. Hello. And how are we all? Uh, yes, not too bad. I'm sorry to hear you're ill again, although we've decided you have been ill every day this year, haven't we? Yes. It's awful. What is wrong with you? Well, basically, it's a very simple equation where I pay £72 a day to a nursery. They look after my child and they hand him back and I get a new virus every two weeks. <laughs> just in time, usually, for the next podcast. So, uh, so this week it's a cold, but next week, goodness knows. Anyway, this week... There's lots going on, isn't there, in terms of car launches because of Geneva. And we've been watching and some interesting stuff that's been coming out of Geneva. We were reminiscing our, uh, our visit to Geneva a few years ago, weren't we? Although we weren't missing the hotel that we ended up staying in because it was a lot cheaper. But we uh, we did find a similar hotel today, didn't we? And uh, we were looking at oh. a, a work-related trip next week to France again. And we found a, well, we found a hotel room that was identical with the weird bathroom pod plonked in the side of it. But then we Plastic found a room that was even, pod. that was it. Yeah. We found it. We found a room that was even better though, wasn't it? Cause the, the bunk beds, the kitchen, the glass paneled shower and the toilet were all within what? Six, 12 inches of each other is it, it was one room with two Reaching beds, distance, a shower, a toilet. And like, you know, UK building regulations state something along the lines of there must be, what, two doors in between a toilet and a kitchen? Something yep. like that. This, this, I don't think there were two feet in between the toilet and the kitchen in no. this one room that we found. So that was a that was a definite no, because I did not want to be woken up halfway through the night with you tipping out and then just you having a shower stood in front of the bed it was, it was just the the most bizarre layout of a room anywho um back to geneva so france and there are some things coming out of france that we actually do want to see and i never thought i would say that i really desperately want a renault this is the new renault 5 well i, th- I think we said this when we first saw it at goodwood it was goodwood a couple of years yep. ago yeah, a couple yep. of years ago, I think, and, mm. uh, and it was uh, on on the Renault stand, a nice and bright yellow, and it looked amazing. It was like, well, yeah, but if if they actually make it and it looks like that, then I suppose yes, it'll be good. But it does actually look like that, doesn't it? It's it does. spot on. So the Renault Five, which is now an EV, looks remarkably like the old Mark II Renault Five, sort of around in the late eighties, early nineties when we were kids, and. Uh, <laughs> Not all and of us. Yeah, well, when when some of us were kids, and yes, it's a nostalgia trip. But they've they've taken some really interesting design cues from the five turbos. So you've got box arches for a start. It's a three door, and it looks more like a two door. It's got a concealed rear handle. But this thing back is yeah hatch back. Um, this thing is 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 excellent to look at. It has some, some really good detailing to it. And if you think when the Mini was launched, as in the BMW Mini, back in 2001, revealed in 1997. That thing, people looked at it and went, bloody hell, this is different from the Mark IV Fiestas and the like of the time, the plastic fantastic courses. And people thought, God, this is a real departure. And it goes to show that in a small, relatively inexpensive car, relatively expensive car, this is about 25 grand, this car. Have- Which if, but, but bearing in mind the Fiesta 
the uh, I think we had a look the other day. There's about three left in the country unsold. Well, actually, not even in the country. I found one on uh, on the Orkney Islands that was unregistered. So a bit of a trek to go and get it. But it was uh, the, what was that for a, a normal titanium that came with hubcaps? Twenty four, twenty five grand, something like that. Yeah, twenty. So I think twenty two and a bit was the cheapest. Twenty two, twenty three was the cheapest you could buy. Yeah, for the um, the really really basic one. So for this to be twenty five ish, yeah, actually is cracking value in in today's climate, isn't it? It is. It is a very very good looking car. Really, it good. looks like a, a Renault have uh, hit the right design spot again, and this is a car that will catch on and uh, in a big way. It'll certainly sell well in Europe, I have no doubt. But um, uh, the Americans loved the, the original Renault Five. They called it Le Car, Le Car. It's about as French as it was going to get. <laughs> this thing has potential to be Renault's Mini or Renault's Fiat 500. The, yeah. the detailing yeah. is excellent. Quilted headlining with the little diamonds in like, kind of like the original, not to the original. Some really nice detailing on, on the interior trims and controls. Even the, the selector for the drive is shaped like, a, like a, a French lipstick with a Renault badge on the end. Just tiny little details that they've added that they didn't need to. The edge of the headlamps, little tree claw at the top in the corner. It's just really nice bits of jewellery, bits of attention to detail, which has been so lacking in modern cars for some time. And I guess the Fiesta is an example. When it fizzled out, it had lost a lot of its character, the individual touches, the nice bits had been chiselled away by accountants over the years. And you look at this thing and go, you'd, you'd be... It genuinely is interesting to look at, and it would be a pleasure to own that. You'd be proud of it. And they've beaten the add-on merchants because, you know, going back to the original Mini, and it's been a feature of virtually all small cars uh, that have become cult cars over the years, is that the, the add-on merchants have devised everything that you would want to titivate the, the car to your particular tastes. Renault seem to have basically anything that could be added to it is on their extras list, uh, including the baguette holder. Now, there's uh, shades of the uh, 2CV and its uh, egg basket. But it, it, it does seem to be the th- one of the things that can turn a car like that into a cult car is all the things you can do to personalise it. And even going, dare I say, as far back as the Model T Ford, because there were whole catalogues when that was around. You know, it was a stripped-out... Uh, built for a price car, but there were whole catalogues of things you could buy to make driving it slightly pleasanter, make it slightly uh, different to the one your neighbour had, because you can bet your boots that your your neighbour did have one, and you could personalise it endlessly. And that yeah. seems to be one of those things about cult cars. The Beetle, very much the same thing. Loads of uh, things that you can add to that, and these days we're going slightly up up market or up size. The new VW campervan, the EV one. You know, there's, there's the buzz. already the buzz. There are whole catalogues of things that you can buy to personalise that. I think it's a sign of uh, of a of a car that's really catching on with the public. I think it should drive rather pleasantly, shouldn't it? Because the uh, the Megan E Tech thingy doodah that we drove at the SMMT test day was a rather nice thing to pedal around in wasn't it that drove quite nicely i thought it surprised me it did surprise me that was it yeah i think i think we were surprised pleasantly surprised by it weren't we yeah i think when you have lots of nice little touches and something feels that is of a higher quality and as you say is personalizable to you you feel more attached to it i'm just looking mm. at it happens at a picture of the 
Renault 5 concept, 2021 concept, next to the, the Renault 5 production car. Because the car that you can see now, if you do a, a quick Google, it looks really, really similar. There's a, a couple of small differences. The concept car had Renault across the front grille that lit up and the badge lit up on the front. That doesn't do it on the on the real car. But you get some really nice motifs boxing out where the fog lamps would be and in the headlamps, this sort of uh, a square light that's there. And one really, really nice touch that I think is excellent. They've gone to town on on the very retro five, which was a feature in the uh, in the early cars, and that's repeated on the doors. It's repeated in the boot lid, but also on the top of the bonnet, where you used to have a little vent on the uh, on the front left as you were sat inside the car, um, or front right as you're looking at it at the top. They put this five on there, and when your car's plugged in, that lights up that five in stages to show the state of charge at a glance. So if you're looking at the car from outside, you can just look out the window or whatever, and you can see what state your car's charged at. They didn't need to do it. It's a piece of jewellery, but it, it looks great. Just a nice touch, isn't it? That feature yeah. turns on as you walk towards the car or if you're in it. It's excellent. I mean, the only real differences I can see between the concept immediately and the production car are that you have slightly larger mirrors now. You have a door pillars where it was completely pillarless across the windows. And the wheels are ever so slightly smaller, but the same design. And apart from the aforementioned uh, lighting on the front, the car looks pretty much the same. And that's a real testament to them because it was so striking in the metal. I thought that does look cool. And it looks purposeful. It really does. You've touched on something there. I mean, is that one of the things that makes a a small car iconic in that way? Is that it's Mm. very, very close to the original designer's thinking before the bean counters have got at it? Because... um, you know, the bigger yeah. companies, the bean counters will attack it immediately, tear strips off it and um, make it a much less attractive car. I just wonder if that's a common theme. And with all the iconic cars we've mentioned so far, is it that they are very, very close or were very, very close to the original design? I mean, the original Mini was very much the Isagonis Mini was virtually unchanged from his first sketches. Yeah. Brilliant engineering. And that's true for pretty much his entire lifespan, really. Um, yeah. it, it didn't change much. I mean, there were there were changes to a few bits and pieces throughout its life, obviously, most notably the door hinges on the outside and the grill and bits and pieces. But fundamentally, if you looked at a Mark I Mini and you looked at one of the very last Minis, you could tell they were both the same car, yeah. um, mm. albeit that bit wider, you know, bigger wheels, whatever. Um, but this this is this is excellent. I know that when the vehicle was built, when it was going through design, the director of Renault came to build it like that, make that car. Now, this is it's not a, a fast car. This isn't the turbo at this point. And they'd be mad if they didn't make one down the line. I'm sure there's one. Oh, in I'm the sure works. there will be. I'm sure there will be. Roughly speaking, 249 miles range, about 25 grand, and a 0 to 60 time of 9 to 12 seconds. So it's not fast for an EV. But we're starting to see this wave well, I think of I, cars I, coming I don't know. Through. I think the. Um, I think the. Uh... The the mid the mid powered one the hundred and twenty one brake horsepower one is naught to sixty in just under eight seconds. So the hundred and fifty brake horsepower one should have hopefully a reasonable shove about it. I would have thought was it, but the one thing it it doesn't do it doesn't weigh a lot. It's sub fifteen hundred kilos, which yep. is you know if compare that to the original Renault Five. Obviously, it's it's a tad more chonky, but with a battery in the bottom and i don't know a, a safety cell and made out of metal rather than tin etc it's going to weigh a bit more than the original but yeah 1500 kilos 150 brake horsepower that that should 
chug along reasonably well, I would have thought, wouldn't it? You, you're right, Brad. It is just under eight seconds, that. So it's about as quick as something like a, an ID3. I think the, um, hmm. the the Bourne is about the same. If you compare that to other cars that are not especially fast but have that sort of sporting pretense, the Mini, I think, was 7.2, say something similar to that because it's roughly the same as, as what mine is. So that's not bad. It's interesting the benchmark now appears to be around sort of seven or eight seconds, whereas when I first started road testing cars, albeit that was quite a long time ago, the sub-10-second car was, was the exception. And if you got your hands on one, it was it was great fun to play with because most cars were still in the 11, 12 seconds sort of range. Even the yep. avowedly sporty ones were still not that quick. But now that, that same benchmark is seven seconds. World yeah. of difference. And I guess we've been so used to talking about electric cars as being, you know, four or five second cars that actually eight seconds doesn't seem that fast. Um, uh, where it's going to be perfectly acceptable for for most people most of the time. And if you compare it to, to other petrol cars that people might have come from, so bearing in mind that these cars, even the 150 brake horsepower car, isn't the sporty version of this, is it's just the normal car, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be enough. I think it's interesting that we've got to this point now where we're starting to see there's a next generation of cars coming through where they aren't all about having ridiculous performance and straight line speed. They're about being cars first that people can achieve and obtain that are this 25 grand ish sort of price point rather than being 50 grand and sub five seconds. I think it's interesting that we're, it's becoming more mainstream now, isn't it? So about changes in the thinking on, on the battery technology that there's a longer range but apparently, uh, 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 basically, lesser punch uh, initially, and and that's the sort of trade-off that the battery designers, I think, are making. Yeah. So, it, and on that note, battery battery for this one, fifty-two kilowatts uh, is the large battery pack that gives you, yeah, two hundred and forty-nine miles. And if you want a smaller battery pack, you can do obviously be a bit cheaper. Forty kilowatt hours would be about one hundred eighty-five-ish. In France, 25,000 euros, so about 22 grand, but they haven't told us exactly what it's going to be. But there is another EV in the works. If 25 grand is still looking a bit punchy, there's going to be a, another Twingo coming, based not on the one that we had in this country, but the one before that occasionally you see over here in left-hand drive, and you still see a bombing around in France with the round headlamps, if you remember those. Great-looking car, great-looking mm, car. Yeah, quite a cool thing and supposedly that's going to be sub 17 grand if that does come to fruition so i understand it's it's due to come and then we've got the likes of um the vw id2 which is another great looking car so there's there's a few that are concepts and coming through hopefully that i think will be really um yeah really quite interesting and some some quite interesting retro 80s 90s inspired cars which of course floats my boat because it's it's my kind of ear and, and clearly they're looking at uh, people that have enjoyed those cars in the past people that might be coming up to a point where they're able to suddenly afford this type of vehicle and shamelessly going for us and, and I'm, i've fallen for a hook line and sinker i'm not afraid to admit yeah i think it's, it's a good bandwagon to jump onto that isn't it the 80s 90s the the retro side but is it i think it's true of a lot of things it's computer games of, of the time were much much more basic you look at modern games and how realistic the graphics are and you watch the odd trailer of a, of a computer game and it takes you a good few seconds to work out that it is a computer game and then yeah. there's the odd angle where you watch it and you think i cannot tell this apart from real life this is ridiculous 
Um, yeah. But are any of the games actually quite as good to play as some of the games that we played when we were younger? It's that, I, I don't know, it's just that, is it slightly rose-tinted, nostalgic glasses that make you think everything was better or was it actually better? But, you know, there were, uh, okay, it was maybe the the freedom and, and the experience and because I was new to it, but the number of times I just went for a drive in the car because... I wanted to go for a drive. I'd just cleaned it, so I went for a drive and didn't go anywhere in particular, and that was it, and that was in a Mark II Golf. I probably wouldn't do that in a brand-new Fiesta, but I would do it in something like a Caterham or a Lotus or a Morgan or a Ferrari or a whatever. So is there, have everyday cars lost that little bit of sparkle these days? I, I think maybe mm. they have. I, I read, and I, I know obviously I'm a Mini fan, um, but I read an interesting article. You're not article that sure, by, don't worry. <laughs> um, I read an interesting article the other day by Henry Catchpole, who was saying that he had one of the original uh, new minis when they came out. And he wondered whether he was looking at these things with rose tinted spectacles. But again, you would jump into one of those, and I agree, uh, and go and just enjoy driving it. And it would put a smile on your face, even though it wasn't necessarily the quickest or most exciting there were there were elements of it that you know, yes when they first came out they attracted a, a, a lot of looks i think um, a lot of unusual. a lot of really good design yeah i think the likes of this this Renault 5 gives you the same thing again i think when they come out and you first start seeing those running up and down the high street people will look at those and take notice because they do look so much different from the homogenous blobs that you get from in the likes of the the id range to, just to pick on Volkswagen. I think our uh, our colleague Dave, who uh, the uh, eagle-eyed listeners amongst you will, of course, realise that he uh, he couldn't be with us tonight. But I think he summed it up quite well with "I want one." Yeah, I think that, that that's that's pretty much all he had to say on it. I want one. You just look at it. And just, yeah, I'd have one of them, and that's that's ticked ticked a very large box. I think that car. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching that closely. But if that is a bit too much for you, another car that has. Uh, it is coming soon on the notice of the Twingo and uh, the Renault. Is the new Dacia Spring, which has had two generations uh, abroad, but hasn't come across to the UK before now. And if you've not seen this, it's a really pared back EV. This thing is 65 horsepower or 45 horsepower. So not powerful in any, any stretch. No frills attached. 137 mile range. Charging time about 45 minutes at top speed, but it's a uh, it only charged at 48 kilowatts, I think. I may have got that wrong, so please don't quote me on it. But certainly, it's an interesting concept. So this is a car that, again, pricing has yet to be confirmed at times of uh, us recording this, but it is around about 18 grand abroad. I think the charging rate of, uh, what do you say, it was 48 kilowatts. Yeah, I think so. I could yeah, be wrong. But I, th- I, th- I think that's fine. So I think the battery is about, what, 26, 27 kilowatt hours, something like that, isn't it? So it doesn't need to be able to charge at... 300 gigawatts does it no that's just true i will look this up whilst we're talking if you just want a car and you want a small electric car then this is a four-seater i don't think it's even a five-seater i think it is a four-seater sensible small car that that gets you from a to b uh, and it does what Dutchers do it's 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 paired back it is no frills it's quite sharply designed i would say for what it is i was going to say it's got uh it's got lamborghini aventador styling cues about it i think hasn't it just well but mainly in the air vents and the um and the rear lights i've got that funny little sideways white shape thing going on absolutely nothing else about the rest of it looks in any way like a lamborghini aventador but there's a little bit there isn't there but it is you know there is a a, a steady demand for 
it's a phrase I hate, actually. I just want something that gets me from A to B, uh, because that's usually associated with people that aren't very good drivers because they have no interest in driving. But uh, there's always a demand for cars that are very basic. Yeah, and uh, we obviously we and if you listen to this, the chances are you're going to be into cars in some way or another, and we are into our cars. So for us, it's not really enough just to say, well, "Okay, it's just the car," because we would want something that does a little bit more. And, and we all know that even if you have a few thousand pounds to spend, you can still buy something that's rewarding to drive. The, the age-old question: What would you buy if you had two grand? Well, a Mark One Focus probably. Or something similar, you know, a car that does everything but is still interesting or, or certainly very capable to drive. Um, I'm just going to have a quick max charge rate. Apparently, of the of the Dacia Spring is 30 kilowatts, a battery size of 27 kilowatt hours. That's fine. That's that'll get from 10 to 80 percent as quick as any other EV on the market, won't it? Yeah, it's it's fine. As we say, it's a, it's a small car that you're going to be able to use for I don't know. Probably best as a second car, perhaps, if you're not living in town. I was going to say, is I, I don't think this could be your only car, because it's the, will it be a nice experience to to have to go on a long journey in that car, stopping every, you know, it'd be the odd occasion where I'm sure with the, the charging network being as it is in this country, which is, is getting better, but it's, you know, there'd be the odd thing where you think, oh, no, I can't go that way or that way, because the charging points are just too far apart. You know, 130 miles, okay, there's, there will be a reasonable chunk of charges covered in that 130 miles-ish, but it's, yeah, I don't think that's quite usable as an everyday, but of course it's not designed as a, well, I go to Scotland four times a year, so I'm going to buy one of them. You'd, you'd be a bit yeah. mad to. If, but. if your explorations only involve going to the local supermarket uh, on, a, on a twice-weekly basis, and that's, you know, that's the reality of driving for, for quite a lot of people. Um, mm. Then you you just want a budget car that's stripped out with few frills, and often if that's the case, then it's aesthetically not terribly interesting either. Well, I, I think this this is inter- It has interesting elements to it. It has some quite nice lines on it for what it for what it is. It is relatively interesting. It's not my thing as such, but I think it 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 looks relatively sharp. But you mentioned before about speed and benchmarks, and for, I, for anyone that's interested. What this car can possibly do? Have a guess what the not for sixty time is. I know it's probably largely irrelevant, but I find it amusing nevertheless. How many weeks? Sixteen seconds. Sixteen. Go on. Get, have, have a guess, Graham. Twenty. Nineteen point one seconds uh, to sixty-two Ooh. for the forty-five horsepower that is version. Suboptimal. And fourteen seconds for the for the higher power. That's very seventies, very eighties sort of it numbers. Is. I mean, if you if you look at a Perhaps say a Mark One Cortina, something like that. That would probably be fifteen from memory, fifteen, sixteen seconds, something of that sort of order. That's quite a throwback. Several generations of both humans and car design. I think it's a, that's actually maybe no bad thing. I could see this appealing to parents of you know seventeen, eighteen year olds that have just learn to drive just past their tests so you know a lot of evs we're talking of you know 150 200 brake horsepower lots of them are rear wheel drive so unlikely dare i say it that you're going to be splashing out on a brand new ev as your first car there'll be certainly a lot of parents that 
want to buy their child a brand new car for their first car for whatever reason, um, yeah. maybe thinking it's safer or whatever else. So what better car to unleash them onto uh, the roads of the UK than 45 rampaging horses? They'll they'll probably be able to control that, I would have thought, until they build up to something better. But it's uh, I don't, don't know how safe it would be, though, just with the size of it. It's... I'm going to presume it's got some safety features about it. It does. It hasn't done, as I understand, quite as well in the cap testings, but whether that's because of pedestrian safety, I'm not sure. You're not going to be able to impress your mates by putting a pair of Beber 45s on it and skimming their head. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a thing of the past. What I was thinking, though, is about that sort of power, 45 horsepower, it's probably about the same as what the, the likes of the Mark III Fiestas that, a lot of us were driving when I passed my test for driving about 45, 47 horsepower. So I bet it's not yeah, far off. Yeah, I think off. my, my uh, nine, my R-Reg Polo that was a 1.4 CL had 64, 65 brake horsepower, I think. But you could get that with the one litre. So yeah, that was, that was probably in the order of, of 40-something brake horsepower. But it didn't weigh a lot, my my little 1.4, so it, it chugged along okay, really. It was it was quite nice to poodle about in. And actually, that, that car on occasion as well, I would just go out for a drive in because I quite liked it. My first car, the 51 Ford Anglia, was that barely got into double figures as far as brake horsepower went. If you wanted to get to 60 miles an hour, you needed a pretty steep downward slope a following wind and a couple of mates pushing. <laughs> Other than that, 40 was considered pretty good. A couple of mates to get out would have just be uh, just, you don't want the extra ballast. No, you, you needed some ballast downhill, but it was useless uphill. <laughs> the thing is that Dacia have done research on this and they've worked out that the average driver of their vehicle does an average speed of 23 miles an hour for 23 miles apparently is the average journey. So they've focused their performance on being 0 to 30 rather than 0 to 60, which probably makes sense for a city car. Hmm. And I guess if you've got 137 miles of range, you can see where they're targeting it. Um, the fact that it would make a good first car, I think, is probably a good shout. Do you want to put people into a five, 600 horsepower worth of electric car when they first pass their test? No, not really. We all know exactly what would happen. I'll just tell you a story of how designers and, and car planners can get these things quite horribly wrong. I can remember when they first brought out the Nissan Micra and talking to all the design team and talking to the people at Nissan. And this was going to be the next generation of young persons chic hip motor cars you know it, it would really catch on in a big way it did catch on in a big way but not with its target audience its target audience became mostly pensioners over 65s and there was a very very simple reason for that it was easy to get in and out of and the seats were relatively comfortable and it was cheap to buy so all of those things followed but the fact that it was easy for uh, as I well know now, um, getting in and out of cars becomes slightly more difficult with age, and uh, those slightly more difficult in and out were, were much easier in the Nissan Micra. It was quite tall and quite upright for its design, so they got their target audience completely wrong. But Dacia certainly appeared to have, I think, got theirs about right. They They know where they're going with that car. And I think just as a final point that sort of enhances the uh, why why should you buy it reasons to buy it the 
the new logo, I'm sure we said this before, kind of looks like the old DMC DeLorean logo. So it definitely that, does. That looks quite cool. So yes. the uh, the DeLorean and Lamborghini styling cues are, are surely enough just to tempt <laughs> you into it, basically, aren't they? Well, I think probably reaching so so hard there that, uh, that you might pull something if you're not careful. Um, we've done two electric cars. No, I'm, uh, I'm fully healed. I'm all right now. I'm, I'm back to full <laughs> strength. So don't, don't you worry. And the Dacia, I'd heard, I don't know how true it is, allegedly, uh, I know we're keen on allegedly, uh, that, that they could make that 15, 16 grand car if they really wanted to. But we'll see. Um, a car with an engine in it now, uh, MG, who have been, well, been going great guns with some fantastic electric stuff, are going to bring over some petrol stuff for a change. And they're actually bringing over a petrol MG3 to replace the outgoing they got, old They've one. got plenty of, uh, plenty of spare capacity because so much of what they do is electric. They're well in with the um, ZEV mandate targets and bits and pieces, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Sales figures for MG4 are just in, insane, aren't they, really? We think where they were 10 years ago, where they are now, just an incredible foothold in the UK. But the new MG3, the old MG3, I can't remember the last time I saw one on the road, but it's going to come with a 1.5 litre petrol engine and uh, as a proper hybrid motor, both of which produce over 100 horsepower or around about 100 horsepower each. So just under together 197 brake horsepower, which sounds pretty racy for my money. Not that the figures would suggest it. I was really critical of, of when they first came into the market, but because of the, the, the badge engineering, I suppose, and the traditional use of that uh, particular badge and that particular name. But I was wrong, I think, because they've become or evolved into some very, very good and very popular cars. They're not right at the technical cutting edge, but they're not so far from it. And this new one does seem to be a very interesting motor car. I think the thing is with MG is that each time we've seen a new one, it's not just like they've released a new model at the same spec or technology. Each time we've seen one, it's been a, another leap forward and forward and forward. And I think what's really interesting with the MG3, apart from the fact that they've introduced petrol, is the fact that they have admitted that they are gunning for Fiesta owners. The Fiesta mm. being obviously a hugely popular car, the cheapest Puma now is £25,700, which is a, a, a chunk. But it's also a different car entirely, isn't it, really? It's, although it's based on a Fiesta, it's that bit taller, it's that bit bigger. And some people do just want that smaller hatchback. Hatchback. <laughs> just just a word. But I, th- I think what it what it does give them is, that, as you say, it's a, a good strategy to go after Fiesta, current Fiesta owners, or those looking to change them soon. But... It's what it what it will give them is well you're still allowed to sell ice cars and you're still allowed to sell ice cars in reasonable numbers. I think ice cars at the moment, given investment and bits and pieces, are certainly more profitable than EVs. If you look at the look at yes. them as a cost of the factory, cost of the R and D, etc., and take that into account. But actually, what it does give them is it it gives them that little bit of market share, and if it puts people in MGs now when they need to change their car and they have to go all EV in a few years' time, because they're in an MG, they will naturally consider an MG for their next product. So what part of the reason I think that Ford and Ford had always said they did the Fiesta 
for all those years and part of the reasons for selling it like that was it got people into the brand it everybody's had yeah. a fiesta everybody and their mums has had a fiesta it got you into the brand from day one and there are certain people who have only ever driven a ford because their first car was a ford only ever driven a vw a renault whatever it is so it's, it's a good way of of capturing that market even if it's not the most instantly profitable i think it's a, i think it's a really 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 good long-term strategy yeah, I agree. I agree. And just looking at the stats from the press release, and sorry I got it wrong, 192 brake horsepower, but 64 MPG combined, which which looks pretty good. Uh, the old one did about 44, I think. So that's a, a step forward as well. I think if you also, and I suspect that this is true, I don't know that this is true, if they have a greater production capacity worldwide than they actually need, then it makes some sense to keep bringing petrol cars into the marketplace now. Petrol versions of this car, pure petrol car starting at about 16 grand, hybrid at about 18 grand. Keenly priced really, and I'm sure they'll be able to do that and make some money at it. So another car I suspect we'll see quite a few of on Britain's roads in the not too distant future. And I guess having summed up a few of our favourite cars that have been released this week, it's probably a good time for us to end. So on that note, we'll see you next time. I've been Mike, goodbye. I've been Jim, get well soon Mike. Goodbye everyone. And uh, I am, I think, still, Graham, just safe driving and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. UK Motor Talk, a first-take media production.